highest symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. All right, good morning, fans of the Big Apple. A tremendous World Wrestling Federation extravaganza slated for Madison Square Garden on Monday night, December the 30th, our holiday spectacular. Tag team title defense, Craig the Hammer, Valentine, Brutus Beefcake to meet Hillbilly Jim and Uncle Elmer. And Hulk Hogan, heavyweight champion of the world after a long absence from Madison Square Garden, defends against the very controversial macho man, Randy Savage. Freaked out! Gene Okerlund, right now, everybody stop because we got the match of the century coming up real, real soon. December the 30th, yeah. Hulk Hogan versus the macho man, Randy Savage, and this is, yeah, the match of the century. And I'm going to go out on a limb right now, yeah, and I am going to guarantee victory for the macho man, Randy How Savage. How can you the guarantee? WWF World Heavyweight Championship belt will fall. December the 30th in Madison Square Garden. A little verification right now. Elizabeth, come on in here. Face the video scope right oh now. Oh, my. Face the video scope How right are you, now. Elizabeth? Now, tell, hey, don't ask a question right now. Real important. Talking about the match of the century. What kind of a chance does Hulk Hogan have of keeping his world title against the Macho Man Randy Savage? Oh, well, hardly any at all, Macho Man. You're the best. Well, wait a minute. I now, expect... back up on that statement. What do you mean, hardly any at all? I meant no chance. I meant yeah, none. Yeah, but you know you don't. You know get out of here right now. <laughs> no mistakes! December the 30th, yeah. Joe Namath said at one time, a long time ago, he guaranteed victory right here in New York. And the macho man Randy Savage is doing the same thing, but triple in the intensity, and it will happen. Madison Square Garden Holiday Spectacular, December the 30th, we're right back. Hey now, welcome to episode 12 of the 24-inch podcast. My name is Steve Bennett, apparently with an echo tonight, as young Paula Bennett is pushing buttons over here today. Yeah. Uh, welcome to the show. It is episode 12. We are in the uh, middle of May, towards the end of May, uh, and with me tonight, as always, out in New Jersey, uh, Sopranos Town, USA, our good friend, Dave Rollins. What's up, Dave? How are you doing today? What's up, my friend? I'm a little not worthy. I'm not worthy this week because I'm now talking to Mr. S.I., Mr. Sports Illustrated, Steve Bennett. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. It's very cool. I found out last week, Wednesday, I was driving home from a haircut and I got a call from the fact checker who asked me a bunch of questions. I said, when do you think this is going to go up? And I was thinking he's going to say next month, you know, next week. Maybe never. You know, I don't know what he's going to say. And he's like, oh, like probably in the next hour. Wow. And I was like, okay. (laughs) 
because they they first came to me briefly. I'll tell the story. I got a DM from the writer in January, um, saying, "Hey, can you call me on this number?" And I didn't know if he was gonna say like, "Don't interview SI guys anymore," or if he was gonna say, "I didn't know what the heck he wanted." Certainly didn't think it was gonna be what it was. And um, and basically, he just said, "You know, I wanted to do a story. It's during the times of COVID. They needed to find stories that didn't involve travel." Um, and he had been on the show, knew the show a little bit. And, uh, we talked for an hour that day. We talked for an hour the next day and then kind of nothing happened for a while. Uh, and then I heard from a few people that had been on the show that he had reached out to them and contacted them about the podcast. And then around March was the next time I heard something. And he said, you know, that it would maybe be coming out soon, maybe after March madness, said I'd hear from a fact checker and someone from the art department for photos. And then I didn't hear anything, didn't hear anything. And I thought, you know what? It was nice of him to try, but it's just not a story. You know, it's just nothing, nothing there. He tried. And then all of a sudden, everything happened real quick. Like about a week before the story came out, I heard from the girl at the art department. And I got her the pictures that are in the in the article. And then um, like I said, then a couple of days later, the fact checker called. And then it was just up out of nowhere so pretty cool cool experience i've heard yeah. from hundreds of people and a lot of congratulations and new followers on twitter and all that stuff so it's been great yeah steve you know we've been doing this podcast for about six months still kind of getting to know each other a little bit we actually have never met in person with steve being from buffalo me being from uh Kearney, new jersey uh but we're still getting you know, a little bit getting to know each other but i know steve's story but reading it there in the article really gave me a better feel for the story to really understand it. And it's what a story of making, you know, they say this on a lot of wrestling podcasts, making chicken salad out of chicken shit, right? Is that the way it goes? I think so. And uh, Yeah, and really, really, you really, instead of just, you know, crawling in a hole and stop putting your head down and saying, poor me, for a couple of small minor things that we're, we're having trouble with in your, in your life, uh, you did that big turnaround, made the chicken salad, my man, and congratulations on that. You deserve it. Yeah, and I think, I mean, almost anyone in my situation can relate. You got to do something. You know what I mean? You just, you can't just wither away or feel sorry for yourself. There's a lot of people like that. You can do that for, unfortunately, you can do it for a minute or two, but I don't know. I couldn't do it. And um, luckily, podcasting was emerging as a medium and I, I did it and stuck with it for 10 years and. You know, I, I don't know who I was talking about. I was like, you know, sometimes you just put your head down and you work hard on something. And then 10 years later, you look up and you won't believe who noticed. I love that. It's one of the sports figures or, or personalities that you, you interviewed. I'm not going to know the name. They didn't know what a podcast was when you were you were yeah. trying to get them on Peter your show. Yeah. Heck, Peter King. Heck, I'll do it anyway, he yeah. said. Yeah. And he, now he has some huge podcast. Yeah. Right? yeah. He's yeah. like, yeah, I don't I don't know what that is. You know, like you'll have to tell me. I'll try it, but I don't you know, he didn't know if it was video, audio, both, if you know, it was he didn't understand the I you know, the pod part of it. Is it on his iPod? You know, like he didn't know. Amazing. You must be proud. That, yeah, that would no, make me proud for sure. It's been great. And you know, I, I said something about it in the article maybe, but it's just it's nice to make your people proud, you know, too. You know, it's nice to be do something positive and have people you care about happy. So it's been great. And it's going to bring some more attention to this. I'm sure uh, because they're on the same channel. So hopefully we have some new people who are from the SI article are listening to this and that uh, time, same bat channel. Yeah. What we're going to do is talk about Hulk Hogan today. And 
his matches and, and the match we picked out for today is his match against the Macho Man from 1985. I wanted to do this for a few different reasons, and we'll talk about that in the next segment. But one of them was in, a, in response to uh, the documentary that aired. We'll get more into that. Yeah, that no good hit job. Right. Also, it's, it's the anniversary of his passing and the 10-year anniversary of his passing. That is true. So I wanted to do something with Macho Man. So we'll get to that in a minute. We're doing the 1985 December show uh, at Madison Square Garden, which was, I believe, Dave, the start of a run for them, right? Yeah, they came back in January and February. Yeah. So we're going to get into that one today. We're going to save January and February. With The Macho Man isn't a guy where you just use up all the matches in one show. You know, I think that's yep. going to be a three-show series. This is part one of that, you know. This could almost be the Hulk Hogan dot, dot, dot slash Macho Man podcast. Sure. So much of him on sure, here. Sure, there will be. We got these. We got, you know, Mega Powers we haven't even touched yet. You know, SummerSlam 88 when they're together. You know, WrestleMania 5, obviously, when they're apart. Maybe some matches they had in WCW that I've probably never seen. Yeah, they go hand in hand. Yeah, so we'll do a lot of Macho over the years. Uh, but that's what we're going to do today. Before we got to that and before we move on, I want to talk about this last week has really felt more than any other time, like we've really turned a corner with the pandemic. I know in New York, shockingly, our king um, followed the CDC and uh, removed the mask mandate. And it just seems like all week it's been places opening, concerts being announced, you know, fairs and things that were canceled last year, announcing that they're that they're going to go forward. And this is not the kind of podcast where we would ever tell anyone to do or not do something with their health it's completely up to you i can just share that i was vaccinated uh pfizer i had first one was fine second one i ended up sleeping for a couple days but other than that i was fine uh and i just put a uh a a volume in your drink that's all it was yes dave had had also drugged me Uh, (laughs) he came all the way down to buffalo just for that just for that purpose which is Really, it's great. It was a nice nap. I enjoyed it. You know, two days of sleep. It could be worse things to do with two days. It was good sleep, too. But um, I don't know, Dave. What do you think about the summer here? Are you looking forward? You got shows lined up now. There's concerts everywhere. It's going to be an interesting battle for dollars, I think, here. It, and it's so the you turnaround. Know? It happened CDC so quick. It, that's what I was going to say. The yeah. CDC announcement just came out of nowhere. So I already had the mindset that I'm not going to do much this summer. So when, you know, everybody out there might know I'm a huge Motley Crue fan, as Steve is with Pearl Jam. I've seen them 51 times, Vince Neil Solo, another 40, whatever. But uh, their big tour got postponed from 2020 to 2021. Then, like, I'm in my mind, I'm saying it's never going to happen in 2021. But it did get postponed to 2022. But I don't almost don't even mind because my mindset, I was it ain't happening in 2021. But now some shows are. We heard about the... Uh, the Green Day uh, Stadium tour is, is going to be going down. Um, you got a Pearl Jam thing coming up in, in Asbury Park, my neck of the woods. I hope, yeah. yeah oh, you still never know. I, I just don't know. I mean, they haven't said anything about it. I would think at this point, if they weren't going to play it, they would tell them. But assuming and I they're hope playing it, I'll be there, you know. I mean. We got the Guns N' Roses uh, show at MetLife Stadium right here. That's Giant Stadium. Right. Didn't, they didn't say nothing yet. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. In a perfect world, in a perfect world, though, I'd get that. You know, I'm a big Guns N' Roses fan, too. I would get oh, that yeah. this summer, then Motley yep. Crue next summer, instead of having them both jammed into one summer. So it would kind of be perfect if the, for me if the Guns N' Roses show happens. 
but uh, we don't know. They haven't. It's supposed to be August fifth over here. They didn't say nothing yet. But it's it's uh, it's crazy how things just came out of nowhere. I'm I'm not wearing a mask in the gym anymore. A lot of people still are, but I don't have to. And like you said, hey, if you want to wear it, that's cool. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, we're I, not I'm telling not anyone tell to do or to do. don't do anything. You know, that's not that's not what we're about. We're just saying, like I know here, it's like on Monday it felt like I'd be wearing the mask forever, and then all of a sudden on Tuesday. He's like, yeah, you can stop tomorrow. It's like, what? Awesome. You know what I mean? Like, so, and then Wednesday, I went to Walmart or something, and I'm walking to the door. I have to think in my hand, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have to wear it. No, that's the, we still, in Jersey, you know, we still so, have to wear it in the Walmarts. And you're like the like last that. state standing. Yeah, I think Hawaii. I think New Jersey and Hawaii. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, how about that? Crazy shit. But I guess we're not as tough as we uh, say we are over here in dirty jersey you know but it's not our decision unfortunately some of these governors i don't know but uh yeah it just happened so fast but i'm looking forward to seeing some shows i mean i haven't bought anything yet i kind of want to wait and see i don't want to buy because it's going to be a battle for dollars you know what i mean because none of this stuff is cheap yeah and people are used to not doing things for a long time so now all of a sudden even you know somebody like me Bang, bang, bang! Stuff's coming out of my, you know, of my checking account quick when it wasn't for what a year and a half. Yeah, now. you know what I'm saying. So, and like the, you might start pulling your punches a bit. The Blue Jays are here this summer again because Canada decided that they're going to just stay closed forever. So the Blue Jays are here. So that and this summer now fans can go. So it's like I got to see a Major League Baseball game in my city. We haven't had a Major League Baseball game in 110 years here. You know, wow. so I got to do that. And that ain't yeah. that isn't cheap, especially. I mean, I'm not going to the Yankee games. Forget it. I mean, that's just in another stratosphere in terms of price. I don't know who's going to see that. Apparently, the we King... can't let Sports Illustrated find out if you don't go. It's been <laughs> no. that long since there's been a game there. Yeah, no, I'll definitely go to at least one Blue Jays versus whoever game uh, while they're here this summer, and I want to go to some shows. Like I said, if Pearl Jam's playing that show in New Jersey, I'll be there. Um, but yeah. It, it, I'm not. I hate Weezer, so there's no chance of me going to that Green Day thing. Yeah, I, I mean, can't be anywhere near Weezer. It's a little Oof. corny for my for my uh, my taste. I mean, it's a couple of songs, you know, I'm a lot more, of that '90s stuff. I'm I can more of to a, on the radio. Uh, yeah, first three albums, Green Day fan. I haven't really listened to much after maybe Nimrod. Yeah, they, however long they got Nimrod very, was, became very political. Yeah, just Green I don't Day. know. Whatever came very boring to me. Nimrod, which that that like '98. Yeah, around there. It was with okay. Hitching a Ride on it. I think that's the last one I bought. Actually, I, would... I maybe bought American Idiot too, but. That's, the songs are good on there. I know it's, yeah. you There's know, I might not songs. agree with yeah. everything it's about, but I mean, good song's a good song, right? I like the Jesus so. of Suburbia. I like that I love song. it. Yeah. They sample uh, a little bit of On With The Show from the crew in that song, if you listen closely. Yeah, I'll have to check that out. Yeah, I like that song. Home is Where the Heart Is. What is that? That's a great yeah. song. Yeah, I like that. No, I like I really like Kerplunk and I'm not trying to be cool or anything. I just like that version. Yeah, of like the, the one before better. they got popular, like, yeah, like in Ble- I, Bleach by Nirvana. Right. I don't mean it like Two that. Pass for Love by Crew. And yeah. I love Dookie. So, I mean, I just love that era of them, I guess, you know, that early 90s era. But yeah, it was very for for us. We're the same age. We're 40 years old right now. But, yeah. You know, we were in junior high school when Dookie exploded. So you couldn't you couldn't get away from it. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, but. I don't know. I'm looking forward to the summer. Let us know what shows you're going to. Email us, 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Hit us up on Facebook. 
Instagram. It'd be interesting to see who who gets the dollars and who's out there struggling. You know, and and Eddie Trunk talks about this all the time. Don't get discouraged by prices because Ticketmaster, the last year or so, two years, has been trying this thing where they sell the tickets like airline tickets. So they might be really expensive now, but if you wait it out and they don't get bought up, they're going to start coming down and down and down. Um, so let's see. Wait it out. I'm, I'm waiting everything out. I'm going to wait and see for a little while. I mean, obviously, Pearl Jam plays that show in New Jersey. I'll be there, but nothing else is definite. But I will do you know, more. I want to see more shows, but I'm going to wait uh, and see what I'm going to see, where I'm going to put my money, because it's going to be pretty competitive out there this year for sure. Yeah, remember, I'm over here in Kearney, New Jersey, brother. Livia Soprano might hear me, hear you mention airline tickets, so be careful. <laughs> they say the tickets are stolen. Stolen. <laughs> An amazing character. All right, so Macho Man, when you got a topic like that, what are we jibber-jabbing about? Let's take a break. Uh, we'll be right back. Get started. 24-inch podcast. Randy Savage, Hulk Hogan, Madison Square Garden, The Christmas Show, 1985. Yeah. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to the 24-Inch Podcast. Don't forget to check out my other podcast, The Sportscasters, 10 Years in the Making. You can find it on Twitter, at sports underscore caster, or download episodes wherever you found this podcast. You can find the 24-Inch Podcast on Twitter as well. We're at the number two, the number four, the word inch podcast, at 24-Inch Podcast. Email us at 24inchpodcast at gmail.com. Don't forget about our friend Peter Winson and greeting from Allentown. It's at GF Allentown Pod. Twenty-four inch podcast. We're back. Episode number twelve. The Macho Man Randy Savage. And real quickly before we get into his bio, which I mean, he's really one of those guys who doesn't need that much of an introduction. Uh, but I really wanted to do this one because I was really dissatisfied with the A&E documentary on Savage. That The problem, too, I think, was it was almost felt like a setup. The first one on Austin was really great, well done. It was light. You know, same with the one with Piper. And then all of a sudden, Macho Man, you know, is this hit job. Someone called the self-destruction of the Macho Man. You know, yeah. as a reference to the DVD that they put out on. And Warrior. Steve, I know we talked about this, uh, Mr. Perfect episode, our last 24-inch podcast. And me or you didn't mention, the maybe besides Stephanie Beller's Gorgeous George, the second worst part of that hit job on the Macho Man A&E is what in the hell was Bubba the Love Sponge doing on that? Yeah, I don't. Who could make any sense out of that? Yeah, I don't get it. You know, I, I guess... They wanted him to speak on the era where he was kind of feuding with the Macho Man on the radio. I guess, but, but I mean, Hulk do, does obviously doesn't like the guy, and you know, it's you would think it would be it'd be up to him. Bischoff doesn't like the guy. He's on. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe Hulk's getting into religion and stuff. But who knows? Maybe he's forgiving him. It just seems like there's so many other people they could have had. I guess is my biggest gripe. Yeah. But yeah, you know, I. Uh, I just didn't like it. It didn't sit well with me. I mean, 
And like then, Steamboat was on it. I was going to say Steamboat. And then, uh, you know, I heard Lanny's response. He, he wrote a thing in ProWrestlingStories.com or whatever the website is and kind of said he thought it was 70% good. I don't think it was that percent good. No way. No I thought way. it was less than that. I, maybe 50% at the most. But Yeah, that's the first hour because I, I, I was working that night and you were texting me. So when I put it on, the first hour, I'm like, I don't know, Steve. To myself, I'm saying it's not that bad. Once that second hour kicked in, I'm like, whoa, okay, now, now I get it. So the first hour, you know, maybe you could put the 40, 40 50% good. That's it. After that, it's all, all crap. So that didn't sit with me well. And then, of course, May 20th, 2011, that's the anniversary of his death. And we're recording on May 20th, 2021. So we're recording exactly 10 years since Macho Man passed away. So perfect time to get started with Randall Mario Poffo. Uh, born November 15th, 1952. Uh, he was born in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, but he Columbus, got, Ohio. He, he should be making pizzas. He grew up uh, mostly in the Illinois area. His father was an Italian-American. His mother was Jewish. Uh, they were raised Catholic. Uh, his dad was a well-known wrestler. We talked about second-generation wrestlers recently. His dad wrestlers wrestled in the 50s and 60s and was... Featured in Ripley's Believe It or Not for his ability to do sip ups for hours on end. Your dog loves those. She things. loves. She, she loves Angela Poffo. I was gonna yeah. say. It's funny you said that. I'm just uh, getting back into the gym and everything. Uh, I started going back in like September. Long story short, I could do the, you know, everything like I used to do in my 20s. But I just started trying to do sit ups again. Whoa. <laughs> Let's leave it at that. Not easy. Let's leave it at that. Yeah, he graduated <laughs> from Downers Grove North High School in Downers Grove, Illinois. Uh, and then he, he got into baseball. He was signed by the St. Louis Cardinals out of high school. Uh, he was in the minor leagues. He played outfield mostly. He was also in the Reds organization. There's that baseball card of him with the smirk with the Reds. Um, he, he had an injury to his arm. Uh, so he learned how to throw and hit with the other shoulder after a collision at home plate. Uh, And he made it pretty far and then got cut, and that was it. Baseball was over. Uh, And he went home and broke into the uh, wrestling business. He had been kind of fooling around with wrestling in the winter of uh, his baseball seasons and and wrestling under a hood. Um, And his character was called the Spider. And he later took the name Randy Savage at the suggestion of Terry the Goose Stevens. Um, Of course, he... His family had like a rogue uh, promotion in the Memphis area where they challenged Lawler's promotion and then that kind of merged in with Lawler's. He had a run there and then came over to the WWF not too long before this match, actually. Uh, he came in around June of 85 uh, and the, the initially they ran the gimmick where all the managers wanted to manage him. Love that. Yeah, and they were like kind of auditioning for him and he said he'd make the announcement. He had them all in the ring. They all thought they were going to be the one, and then he introduced the lovely Miss Elizabeth as the uh, as the winner of the um, of the contest. Who's this been? So, some movie star, Bruno, when she comes out on the call. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, pretty great moment there, and um, he's got this run with Hulk, and that kind of leads us up to where we are today. Uh, as for Elizabeth, maybe a little bit about her background. Uh, he met her at a gym uh, in Kentucky uh, where um, I guess Randy must have been training 
um, for baseball. Or she was from Kentucky. He met her at a gym. And uh, they fell in love and got married. And he was the one who said, Vince, I, I, the story I think that Poff, uh, Lanny tells is that Vince was looking to maybe bring someone in, a real hot blonde. And Randy said, well, you know, my wife isn't blonde, but she's really pretty. And uh, that was um, how Elizabeth got into into the business. So they kind of had the idea that he might be good with a female. And at least that's what uh, I heard Lanny said. You hear something different or similar? Yeah, I heard that they wanted to either use Valentine's wife, Julie, with Savage, or just do the gimmick with Valentine that they were doing with Savage, and Savage would have a, a regular manager or, or no manager. So, yeah, that that's what I heard about it. But then they were like, you know, I got my own beautiful, you know, beautiful lady right here. And she was doing the commentary for, uh, you know, uh, the Paphos uh, Federation. She did a pretty good job, too. I'm surprised they didn't use her anymore in that degree. I think it did a little bit on Wrestling Spotlight in, like, 89. But, yeah, man, Miss Elizabeth. Yeah, she actually best. she actually has a degree in communication from the University of Kentucky. There you have it. Yeah, which is kind of cool. As you mentioned, she did some announcing for Paphos promotion. Her and Randy got married in December of 84, so this is about the one-year anniversary of their marriage at the time of this match. Uh, and certainly when you look back, that was another thing I didn't like about the documentary, is they kept talking about how the character Macho Man treated Elizabeth as if that was exactly how he treated Elizabeth. Yeah, like the character's supposed to treat her that way. He's right. a bad guy. He is a heel. Yeah. <laughs> it's unbelievable. Oh, my God. It's like it somehow really they were equating that to Randy being a bad husband. You know, I mean, that's what Papo said. It, you know, in real life, he did, you know, he was cautious of her. And Papo said, what's he supposed to do? She's the only lady, basically the only lady there, especially she's not really, not like a moolah type or, you know, a sherry, not knowing the ropes of the wrestling business. Lanny goes, what's she... What's he supposed to do? Let her take a, sh- a shower with knobs? <laughs> you know? Yeah. What would you do with your wife? I would I would do the same thing. It's just it, when people get a narrative, man, that's it. Well, and he made the point of like nobody knows that the door is locked because nobody had the guts to turn the knob. You no, know? sure. Yeah. I'm sure it wasn't a closet either. I mean, no, of course I think not. Even back then, somebody would say, hey, what the hell are you doing putting this lady in the closet? You know, Vince would have got involved or monsoon or somebody come on he's not gonna lock her girl in a closet that didn't happen ridiculous an absurd contention that that happened uh but look for all those reasons i want to do this today today we're gonna focus on the greatness of the macho man you know it's interesting watching some of these matches back you know through the eyes of paula and you know it just doesn't surprise me that you know initially when we started who was she gravitated to Hulk, Macho Man, you know, Andre, like, it, it, even she knew who the best guys were. You know, I didn't have to tell her. You know what I mean? Like, it just goes to show how timeless they are, how great they are, you know, just that. Yeah, it never changes. The same yeah. with music, you know, the Beatles yeah. and Elvis and the likes, you know, you get into the bands we grew up with a little bit. You don't have to That's trick it, anyone into it. You know what I mean? Exactly. So... All right, with that said, another thing I kind of want to talk about, another reason. So we had the choice. We had these three different shows to choose from, which one we were going to do. And I wanted to do December, well, because it made sense to start at the beginning. But also because, as we talked about before, I love this show, you know, the Christmas week show at the Garden. You know, it's such a cool tradition. We talked about it before. 
And uh, something that goes hand in hand as well is wrestling and Christmas. Uh, And I found a pretty cool article about Christmas and wrestling and some of the things that have gone on over the years. Um, Some of the things that link Christmas and wrestling. I wanted to go through some of these. Um, Some of them I'm sure, Dave, you remember better than others. But let's go through some. How about a rowdy Christmas carol? Okay, I remember that. Remember that? Uh, it where, was on TNT. Where uh, Piper is basically in the role of Scrooge. I don't know what I did. I was drunk one night, and I, I said that he was my friend Soup, because my, my friend Soup could be a little bit of a Scrooge, and I, I taped it off the TV. This was only like a year ago, <laughs> and uh, you know, I narrated it through a text. So sure, I know that one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, Stone Cold gave uh, Santa a stunner in the uh, the Attitude Era. Kind of a fun, oh, yeah. fun moment there. Uh, the WWE tribute to troops. Nice thing that they've been doing around Christmas time. I don't know if they still do it. Uh, but... uh, yeah, well, I hope... Uh, God, it feels like it's like last year, but when he first came back in like 2014, 15, he hosted it. Here he is, Hulk hosting things again. There's another one. <laughs> so um, they did it at least then. Do you remember the Christmas Creature? Uh, you might have me on that one, my friend. The USWA promotion in the 1990s, there was a jolly green giant that had no interest in selling you canned corn. The festive yet frightening Christmas creature was there to terrorize smaller wrestlers and inflict the holiday spirit upon them. The man inside this Christmas tree candy cane inspired outfit would become better known as... I have no idea, my friend, but I can't wait to find out. Kane. Oh, Mr. Glenn Jacobs. Yeah. You know what the scary thing is about that whole thing, whole scenario? I have no problem with it, and I want to see it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. It's quite the outfit. Um, The amazing WWE sing-along. That I don't know. Uh, unless they're talking about no, they can't be talking about what they did at you know the land of thousand dances and every so often every so often WWE puts together a nice holiday sing along for their fans. It's corny, but come on, it's Christmas. Yeah, they must be emphasized the E in WWE there. Must be after our time. Santa got run over by Del Rio. Uh, nope. Mick, <laughs> Mick Foley, Santa Claus documentary. I like this actually. Have yeah, Saint Mick. Yeah. He's, he loves Christmas. Like he's like yep. you know some people are into Kiss, some people are into Star Wars. He's a Christmas like that, like a Christmas um, junkie. You know, he's got all the stuff all over his house. Great I think, man. I Mick think he Foley. has a Christmas room that goes all year long. Yes, sir. Uh, Vince McMahon and Ric Flair's dueling Christmas parties. I recall that. I believe that's when they were both. Yeah, two, uh, one was a general manager of Raw and one of SmackDown, perhaps. 2001. One, Flair okay. and McMahon were co-owners of WWE, yet they were wild competitors against each other. So much that both McMahon and Flair hosted holiday parties at the same time. And wrestlers were forced to choose who's to go to while entertaining hijinks were going down at both parties. I seem to remember one of them was like in a luxury booth at the arena, maybe. Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, more modern fans, even though that's not modern. Santa Santa Goldberg spears Christmas cheer. That I don't remember, but I know he starred in a scary horror movie called Santa Slay with a cult following. I think Goldberg was that, a heel. That's what this is hate, about. Heel Santa. Oh, okay, okay. This isn't your traditional Santa. 
The dominant WCW champion Bill Goldberg played the title character in a Christmas-themed horror film titled Santa's Slay. While it's not exactly scary, it's entertaining through an MST3K lens. I don't know what yeah, that is. Yeah, ha- if you're into that kind of thing, it has a following. If you're not, you probably would hate it. Oh, one of my favorites. A Merry Primetime Christmas. There you go. Primetime Wrestling's holiday episode is full of great wrestling action and vignettes featuring Gorilla Monsoon. Bobby Heenan gets into the Christmas spirit of Santa. A fine, nostalgic watch for longtime wrestling fans. Absolutely. This is the one where uh, he was Bobby Heenan pulled the beard down and said, there's no Santa. And Roddy Piper came in from Studio B yep. and was beating the shit out of Santa. And it, the, 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 they got a lot of calls of complaints, not because Heenan said there was no Santa, but kids we're getting saw beat Piper yeah. beating up Santa. You know what I mean? But, you know, you hear about all these things. I was nine years old. I had no problem with it. I knew what was going on. You know what I mean? Same. I loved it. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I think they make some of this stuff up, like, over the years, as the years go by. The Divas Jingle Bells match. 2013, <laughs> the women's division put on a six-man tag match with each diva dressed up in their holiday best. Sexy Santas. Ravishing reindeer and elegant elves battled for our entertainment. While the match itself is wonky, you can't deny the enthusiasm. Plus, AJ Lee's commentary provides an amusing humbug touch. No complaints here. That's got to be the very, very tail end. No pun uh, intended with tail of of TNA WWE 2013. That's got to be it. Jillian Hall's Christmas album? She was the one with that big wart in her face that the boogeyman ate. Did you ever see that? No. One of the running, <laughs> running the running jokes among JBL's cabinet members in 2004 was Jillian Hall and her terrible singing voice. The joke became all too real, however, when WWE did a skit with Hall singing classic Christmas carols to advertise a fake album. And then the album became real. Fans were able to purchase Jingle with Jillian on iTunes for a gag for their Christmas parties or as encouragement for guests to leave. It's one hell of a stocking stuffer. Yep. And TNA's Silent Night, Bloody Night match. Did you ever see this in 2007? I think I've heard of it, though. Yeah. Who's in it? The uh, let's see. A festive fight with Shark Boy, uh, Relic, Abyss, and Black Rain. I've heard of two of the four. I don't know, but there's a Christmas tree made entirely of barbed wire. Hey, no complaints here again. I like gimmicky stuff. And uh, and then of course there was years of Starcade, um, on Christmas. Yeah, yeah, actually, some of the early Starcades were on Christmas. I took it, me and my buddy. It was a day a day or two after Christmas. I had that Christmas feel. We took a train to Washington D.C. from Newark, New Jersey. Starcade '97, Hollywood Hogan Sting. Now I had a cr- Christmas tradition that involved wrestling, and it was that for many years an uncle of mine would buy me tickets to the next house show in Buffalo for Christmas. And sometimes it would be really soon. You know, sometimes it would be that week when we were still off of school, which is always the best. You know, sometimes we had just missed them, so it wouldn't be until January or February, but it was always a great part of my winter. Same uncle, my Uncle Paul, every year, two tickets. Him and I would go. And then as one of my brothers got older, I think he went a couple years, but it was always a Christmas thing. One of my favorite gifts to get every year, tickets to see uh, the house show at the Odd around this time and always had fun uh, going to it. I think it started in 1988, Christmas of 88, 
And I mean, we went all the way and you know, well into the nineties doing it. Very cool. Remember any like specific main event or anything that, um, like, Hey, I got this for Christmas. I'm sure I do. Uh, you know, you I remember, you know, I have to think about it, but I mean, I seen everybody cool there, you know, the, it was, it was good shows, good times. You know, I'm sure Hulk was there a few times, you know, I remember seeing a tag match, a tag title match with Bulldogs and Demolition, maybe? Yeah, that's 88. Yep, in 88. That would make yep, sense. Yeah. Um, but no, I see some good stuff. I, I'd have to look back at the cards probably, and then when I saw the cards, I'm like, okay, I remember this, I remember that, but off the top of my head. What about Christmas, wrestling and Christmas for you? Anything? Um, well, yeah, I mean, uh, I got a couple, couple of stories. Um, with me, I was so wound up with wrestling. It's kind of how I don't know much about sports and I know some things, a lot of things about other things, but you know, it was kind of a whole year round thing with me with, uh, wrestling. So, um, I guess that could be a little strange. So Christmas was no different than, you know, February, but, um, Oh uh, yeah. Don't one, get me one, wrong. One, don't get me wrong. I, I yeah. was a wrestling guy all year long. I mean, from the ages of like three to twelve, I only cared about wrestling and hockey. That was pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm kind of saying I should have branched out more. But um, uh, one Christmas, uh, it was Christmas of '86. I um, didn't get into collecting the LJNs till around mid '86, and by that time, you couldn't get your hands on a Jimmy Snuka anymore because they he left the WWF, and that was the only figure they did that with. They they discontinued after a while. They said forget it. They just kept distributing guys that have left. But uh, Snooker, you couldn't get your hands on one, so I had gotten everybody else. I remember the Bulldogs were really hard to find, but my uncle, we found them at, found them at Consumers. I would actually, they would get my Christmas gifts with me, but not let me open them until Christmas. So that, that was kind of torture. But uh, yeah, the Bulldogs were a tough grab, but Snooker, they tried everywhere. Everybody could not get me a Snooker. Long story short, my Aunt Dee, you know, it's Uncle Tito's wife, we've talked about them before, mm-hmm. her, her best friend, Mary Vecchio, was her name. I'll never forget it. She's like, oh, my, my grandson is like 15 now. And, you know, when he was 13, he got a, you know, he got a snooker. He don't care about them anymore. It's like, what? So <laughs> I opened all my gifts to Bulldogs, you know, whoever else was new at the time. I think maybe Morocco and Fuji in Christmas 86. No snooker. Yeah, but then we... Go around the corner. My dad brings me to my auntie and uncle Tito's house. They live right around the corner from me, and they said, "Oh, they have a couple gifts for you." And they give me it's a, like a box that looks like a clothes, and I open it up, and there's there's uh, a loose uh, Jimmy Snooker inside oh, there. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's something I'll never forget with uh, Christmas and wrestling. And of course, Great uh, story, yeah. who, who could forget a few years later? Uh, no holds barred. The match, the movie aired yep. uh, two days after Christmas. That was yep. a big deal. For I us. got that. Friends came over. We got that. Yeah. yeah, I remember I had a stomach virus during that. You don't forget shit like that. And like, I, I was getting so excited. I would drink soda and couldn't hold it down. I'd have to like dart. Like I felt good, but I had that. You can't hold anything down. Deal. Right. Yeah. I think I remember the very first time me and my uncle went. We've actually talked about this, so I guess it probably was the Christmas show because that's really all we went to. But Andre was the main event versus Jake, and Jake was scaring the shit out of him with the snake. Yeah, that that's eighty nine, early eighty nine. Yeah, that's so, a great, yeah, good feud. Yeah, I remember that. All right, where is Hulk, Dave? Do your thing. Let's do the thing. We're gonna go through most of the month of December here. Uh, we got a nice motley crew of opponents for the Hulkster. December seventh, we're at the good old Spectrum in Philadelphia in front of twelve thousand one hundred fifty eight fans. 
Hulk Hogan over Terry Funk after hitting him with uh, Jimmy Hart's cowboy boot. On to December 10th in Orlando, Florida at the Orange County Civic Center, Hulk Hogan over WWF Tag Team Champion Brutus Beefcake. December 13th, Rosemont, Illinois, Rosemont Horizon, 12,400 fans to see the tag team combination of Hulk Hogan and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff go over Cowboy Bob Orton and Rowdy Roddy Piper. December 15th at Toronto's Maple Leaf Gardens, Hulk Hogan once again over Terry Funk. And listen to this one, December 16th, the Rick McGraw Memorial Show, who sadly had passed away in uh, the month before, at Park Center Arena in front of only 2,400 fans. This was Hulk Hogan's first appearance in Charlotte. He goes over King Kong Bundy, also on the card, is Andre over Stud, 2,400. This is NWA territory, my friend. Right. And apparently... They were chanting fake, fake, fake during the Hogan-Bundy match. But, uh, you know, they had no those teeth bastards. while they were chanting. Yeah, they bastards. had no teeth while they were chanting that, so they might have been saying something else. How dare they? So who knows? It came out as a whistle. Fake, How fake, dare fake. They? No yeah. Summer teeth. Okay, uh, sorry for any of our Southern fans out there, but it's it's different nowadays. <laughs> Got to be careful. December uh, 19th at Tampa Sundome in front of 7800. It's the Saturday night main event taping. That airs on yeah, it airs on January fourth. The big Hogan over Terry Funk match. That's the one with all the water slides. That's a great old Saturday night's main event. You'll be hearing from you'll be hearing it all about it from us soon here on the Twenty Four Inch Podcast. Uh, then a little bit of a break for the guys, and they return to the road on Christmas night. Landover, Maryland, at the Cap Center. Hulk Hogan over the Macho Man Randy Savage. Next night, the twenty sixth in Richfield, Ohio, in front of fifteen thousand. Hogan over Savage. 1228 at the Met Center in Minneapolis. King Kong Bundy defeats the Hulkster by a countout. 1228, a severe snowstorm in none other than Buffalo, New York, gets uh, the WWF show postponed until January. Any mm. members of Oh, yeah. I remember yeah, the snowstorm. I remember having tickets, and I remember it being postponed. There you go. Yep. Then finally, uh, yeah, that would have been the, the, uh, the, Jake the, the Christmas gift. Yep, the Jake the Snake the one. Christmas gift. Yep. What well, is it, 85? So it might have been um, uh, Jake, Jake was oh, just about 80, getting it. Oh, yeah, 85. That would have been 88. Nonetheless, Yeah, no, I remember the storm in 85. I mean, it was a huge blizzard. Yeah. Like one of the biggest snowstorms in the history of Buffalo. Like it's 77, 85, um, and then a couple in the last 15 years. But that was one of the biggest snowstorms in my childhood. Everything was canceled. Uh, not it's crazy just- yeah, not just wrestling, but everything like wrestling, Sabres games, whatever. Everything was. It was actually Sabres game that I had tickets for and was canceled. It was supposed to be like my first Sabres game with my dad, and I was crying and crying and crying. But you know, whatever. Uh, we went to the next one. It was. I made a bigger deal out of it probably than it needed to be. Well, at least it becomes more memorable. I'm glad that it worked out and you got to go to the next. Yeah, one. that so was that more, was the one. More I, of a story. That was what I was thinking. Not wrestling. And, and yeah. Now that I think about it, there's a story that Lanny Poffo tells where the guys are stuck in the arena. There's no shows, but they, they, they made it to the arena. And there's there's nothing to do. They couldn't leave. And I think it might be this show. And Andre sends Lanny Poffo to get uh, playing cards, a deck of cards. And uh, Poffo finds find some ring rats. They go out in the snow and find the, that is the bicycle. I've heard bicycle that. Yep. Cards. That is this. There you go. Yep. So, and Andre loved uh, you know, Lanny ever since then. You know, a lot of people talk shit on Lanny. He tells some of the great, greatest wrestling stories. I love Lanny. You know, there is. Yeah, because some I, of the guys are just like, oh, I don't remember. I don't remember. Anything. I like his short-lived podcast, too. He's just, I, Me, too. He's so articulate. You know what I mean? And he's, like, so interesting. 
to listen to. He's got such a great speaking voice. I wish I had his speaking voice, you know? Very good man. Yeah. And then the last one, uh, December 30th, MSG in front of 20,255. We'll talk about it later. Savage over Hogan by Countout. Good one this week. That is where Hulk is. All right, so here's the plan. We take a break. We'll come back. We're going to read the news. News, news, news. Then we will uh, talk about the show and the match, and we'll give ratings, and it will be awesome. We'll be right back with Hulk Hogan versus Randy Savage from Madison Square Garden, December twenty eighth, nineteen eighty five. Eighty Four inch podcast back. Steve Bennett, Dave Rollins, episode 12. Moving right along here. Macho Man Hulk Hogan. We'll get to that in a minute. But first, Dave, it's time to read the news. All right, December 1985. We'll find out what show is open and closed. Um, <laughs> December 1st, a TV miniseries, Anne of Green Gables, based on a novel by Lucy Maud Montgomery, starring Megan Follows, is first shown on CBS in Canada. Ooh. Now, Anne of whatever is definitely no mayor of Easttown. Oh, mayor of Easttown. Let me tell you that, brother. Amazing. 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 And I got to thank you. Yeah. For turning me on to that. I turned about three or four people on to that, and they're thanking me. It's gone down the rabbit hole. Yeah, because what do we, cool we, boy. we enjoyed that one together. Um, the, um, not the Unforgive, the Undoing, is that what it called? Whatever it was called, with Hugh Grant and... Hugh Grant and the blonde, uh, I can't think of her name. Yeah, so we're like, so then when I saw this one getting some buzz, I was like, oh, I'll tell Dave, he might like it. Seemed like kind of the same general idea, but... I'm yeah, it's up it. my alley. I've only seen three so far. I can't wait to see episode five. Oh, oh, everyone oh. say episode five is like, you know. Fire. Yeah, hang Fire. on now. But now, now I'm not used to this. Which yeah, is we got to wait. What we get with TV nowadays. Yeah. I got to wait like the old days. Yeah. Cliffhanger. Yeah. And yeah. Sunday night, like, you know, I might be busy. I might not. I can't plop down and just watch it. So I got to stay off of Facebook. 
You know, yeah, stay yeah. off of this. You don't want any spoilers. Like, if I get a spoiler, I will be pissed. It's not like getting a wrestling spoiler. True. This is a little. This is a little different. Well, I got good news. Speaking of yeah. different, December second, Rupert Holmes musical Mystery of Edwin Drood premieres at the New York City Imperial Theater and would run for six hundred and eight performances. Yeah, I think it was a good run, Rupert. December second, NFL quarterback legends. Dan Marino, who played for the Miami Dolphins. And John Elway, who played for the Denver Broncos. Faced each other for the first time, a 30-26 to win for Marino's Dolphins. He had 390 yards and three TDs in the game. Sounds like good action. That's, those, that's like the Hogan and Macho Man right there. Right? Oh, yeah, that's a good battle. December uh, 2nd, Chicago Bears head coach Mike Dicka and offensive coordinator Buddy Ryan almost came to blows at halftime. And a 38-24 to 24 loss to the Dolphins at the Orange Bowl. Okay, I'm going to have to ask a question here to these people. How is it that the Dolphins, on December 2nd, played both the Broncos and the Bears on the same day? Can anyone yeah, that, answer me this question? Yeah. <laughs> because he's saying that, okay, so these are back-to-back. I'll put a picture of this on social media. We're going to have to start fact-checking our news people here. There's got to be at least a week in between. You can't even be like the days off. December 2nd, Dan Marino, who plays for the Dolphins, and the Broncos, 30-26. Also December 2nd, the Bears are in Miami, and they lose their only game. Now, the Bears' only loss of the season in 85 was a Monday night game to the Dolphins. And it's not like this is professional wrestling where they're going from uh, Boston in the afternoon to the Garden in the night. You know, no, yeah. F- football on <laughs> Vince McMahon in charge. That would be the XFL would do it that way, maybe. I'll get down to the bottom of that. We'll see what's up <laughs> with that. All right, I'm des- interested in that, too. December 3rd, the 7th Ace Cable Awards. Shelley Duvall wins the Golden Cable Ace for Fairy Tale Theater. Big fan of Shelley Duvall. I feel very bad what's happened to her. She's, like, gone, like, in... In, I don't want to say the wrong word, like insane or something. In real oh, life, no. has mental problems. Yeah, and apparently, uh, I think I heard this on the Sopranos cast. Doctor Phil like exploited her a bit on the show, and people were upset with him about that. Besides his uh, sneakers and head and things about him that upset people, uh, he upset people uh, big time there. And you know, Shelley Duvall, you know, part of the show will be covering Suburban Commando someday, and then of course, one of my favorite movies of all time, The Shining. So hopefully she's doing uh, better for herself. Yeah, that's terrible. Poor Shelley. Yeah. Uh, December 4th, French president uh, received a Polish leader. And I'm not going to try either of their names. But there was peace between the French and the Polish. And it's like met. a Philadelphia spectrum match between Ivan Putsky and Frenchie Martin. Okay. So quickly, before we get too far. December 2nd, Monday Night Football, 9 o'clock. The Dolphins... Beat the Bears 38-24. to It was the only loss that the Bears had that year. They went 15-1. and It's the famous 85 Bears. Okay, Super Bowl shuffle. What I do not see on this Dolphins schedule in the month of December, but I do see way back on September 29th is the Dolphins beating the Broncos 30-26. to so for whatever reason, they got the same score. Let's check let's check Marino's stats here. See if his stats check out. 
390 and 3, they said, right? Yep, 390 and 3. So for whatever reason, on this site, they put that game there with the Broncos about three months later than it was played. And it wasn't even like it was the 2nd of October or something. Like they just no. screwed up the month and not, they screwed everything up. Screwed everything up. <laughs> well, with the date, all the, all the, uh, you know, the, the details are right. Just the date. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they ran out of a Broadway play that was closing. So they had to re- <laughs> do a re- the repeat of an NFL game. I got to get a hold of the on this day. People they're ruining my newscast. <laughs> all right. Well, stop. you're not going to be able to because Broadway is opening back up. So they're all going to be over there. They're busy. Yeah. Yeah. President Reagan appoints Vice Admiral John Poindexter as a security advisor. That sounds made up, but it's true. I think we mentioned him on our last news because I remember thinking of Buster Poindexter. All right, in my head, and I didn't, I didn't spit it out. A tennis player from Yugoslavia, who I will not even attempt to say his name, upset number two seed John McEnroe two six six three one six six four six zero in the Australian Open quarters finals and it leaves McEnroe without a major singles title for the first time since 1978 and word is he complained to the referee mm. December 6th for an object possibly was used the Dow Jones industrial average rose above 1500 for the first time uh, let's see Sam Shepard's lie of the mind premieres in New York City the Heisman Trophy Award is awarded to a running back. Dave, let's see if we can get this. The Heisman Trophy Award winner was a running back for the Oakland Raiders. He was also a baseball player for the Kansas City Royals. He often broke a bat on his knee. I know who it is. Do you know who the winner was from Auburn? I Give it to I us, know. Dave. Give it to us. Dave knows. Yeah, Dave it. knows because it's Bo knows, brother. Bo Jackson. That's right. Bo Jackson. I won the Heisman. Just like we got Roe Nose for uh, Paul's friend, Roe, the big Hulkamaniac, the six-year-old kid out in Clearwater Beach. Roe Nose. Roe Nose, yeah. Shout out to Roe. Got it. He had a great uh, great promo from Rocky today. <laughs> Australian, He's spitting him out. Australian Women's Open Tennis. Now, this is always a name that you say you don't know that shocks me. But Martina Narvatilova beat Chris Evert 6-2, for her third and final Australian Open, so she won a major there. Ken O'Brien, yeah. New York Jets quarterback. Remember him? Vaguely. A 96-yard TD pass to? Oh. <laughs> Come Not on, Mr. New world. Jersey. You're right down the street from the <laughs> stadium. The Jets, the Jets in 85? Their star receiver. No idea. Wesley Walker. <laughs> I wouldn't have got it in a million years. <laughs> Uh, Australian Open men's tennis Stefan Edberg wins his first career Grand grand Slam title uh, Beating a fellow Swede Mats Willander Uh, NBC premieres The thriller Final Jeopardy Starring Richard Thomas and Mary Crosby On December Hmm. 8th Sounds kind of cool but I don't remember it Do you? No It almost almost sounds like like a spin off of the show Jeopardy Final Jeopardy, not now on ABC or something. An NFL heavy. I feel an NFL heavy um, news here. December 9th, San Francisco 49ers wide receiver. Uh, is it Jerry Rice? Jerry Rice. Okay. Begins an NFL streak of 274 consecutive games with the reception. That's a lot of seasons. He only plays 16 a year. He went 274. Yeah, I didn't even think he, he – I was thought I was wrong because I you know, remember him obviously more when they were 
you know, Super Bowl champs, 89, 80, you know, whatever, 90, yeah. those years. Yeah. Not 90, but you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Phoenix, Arizona gets three inches of snow on December 9th. I find that hard Ooh, to believe. Yeah. That's, that's wild. <laughs> I wonder I wonder if the wrestlers got that snowed in there, too, because they probably didn't know how to handle it. Right. It might have been 30. Not the, you know, well not the wrestlers, been, but the. Might as well have been 30 feet. Yeah, when they, when people don't know how to handle it, like uh, they, they panic. All right, the 1986 Best Picture winner, Out of Africa, based on the book by Isaac Dennison, directed by Sidney Pollock and starring Meryl Street and Robert Redford, premieres. Hmm. A computer store owner in Saf- Sacramento, California, is killed by a package bomb. God, terrible. Wow. Kind of reminds me of, like, Inspector Gadget. This package will self-destruct. Yeah. When the, the boss would give him the package. A big day in entertainment. December 11th, General Electric, GE, acquires RCA Corp. and its subsidiary, NBC. You always heard about that, that, you know, Disney and ABC and NBC was General GE, General Electric. That's uh, when hmm. they acquired it. Okay. All right. Um, December 12th, NASA launches a space vehicle, the S-207. A lot of NASA, NASA. They like. They I like, look at the NASA Coliseum. I'm so wrestling crazed. A lot like, of NASA. They terror. like. They like sports and and uh, Broadway and and Broadway. science. Those, science. Are, those are three favorites. U.S. Science Secretary U.S. Secretary of State George P. Schultz arrives and arrives in West Berlin. George P. Schultz trying to get that wall torn down. December sixteenth, John Gotti. Assumes leadership of New York's Gambino crime family after this is his second. Go ahead. After ordering the executions of Paul Castellano and Thomas Bellotti. Yeah, this is definitely his second appearance on our newsfeed. Remember, I compared yeah. him to uh, Johnny Sack. All right, big, big, big film here. December sixteenth, The Color Pil- Purple, based on the novel by Alice Walker and directed by St- Steven Spielberg. It starred Whoopi Goldberg, Danny Glover. I believe Oprah's in that. Yeah, it's a very... I've never seen it. Never it's a seen very it. very big movie. Yeah, very famous. Uh, Jersey Girls opens at St. James Theater. Runs for 139. That's on the 18th. Jersey Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, that's different. December 20th, Dennis Potvin passes Bobby Orr as the NHL's defenseman all-time leading scorer, 916 points. Out on Long Island at where you mentioned a minute ago, the NASA Coliseum. <laughs> or the, the NASA Coliseum. <laughs> Cra- crazy, the uh, sportscaster Howard Cosell uh, retires for te- from television sports after 20 years with ABC. Uh, Is that that's, that's yeah. who Vince wanted? Didn't Vince try to get him? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, then Vince, apparently his, you would know better than me, but I've heard that his, the way Vince commentates, is tr- he's trying to act like Howard Cosell. Yep, absolutely. Cool. He's probably most known for being the one who announced the death of John Lennon on Monday Night Football. Okay, I've heard, I've seen that on YouTube. Yeah. Sure. Um, December twenty first, Heart's album Heart goes number one. I love this album. It's not streaming right now, which drives me nuts. Uh, yeah, that's that's weird. Like certain albums. Yeah. You know, we know we know the guy Tim. There's a certain Kiss album that we're talking about that's not streaming. It's it's just strange. Like why would that Heart Heart album, one of their biggest hits. Uh, yeah, this is streaming. the one with these dreams on it, and yeah. uh, you know some of their big songs. It's not on, not streaming, which is. I've seen them uh, with Journey, great band live. I, I love listening to uh, Ann Wilson sing; she's amazing. 
Anne and Nancy Wilson, great, great sisters, great sing- singers, guitar player. I like, I like Heart a lot. Yeah. December twenty eighth, the U.S. performs a nuclear test at a Nevada test site. Uh, December thirtieth, Pakistan restores its constitution, and that is it, ladies and gentlemen, for the end of December nineteen eighty five. On this day I question your football accuracy. We caught you in a lie. It's not the first time. Not the first time. Or the last. Won't be the last. (laughs) All right. You know it. On to the next piece of business, and that is our card today. And uh, we mentioned it earlier that it's the famous Christmas show, the Christmas gathering uh, in Madison Square Garden. I'm sure kids all over uh, New York City were thrilled to get tickets for this under the tree. Especially at this time, man. Yeah. December 85. I don't know. Hogan's popularity, this got to be right. I mean, I, I say it went from, you know, WrestleMania 1, Water Central score time, up until 88. WrestleMania 4, that's that's the peak. But to pick a spot out of that where it peaked out of those four years, I don't know. The cartoon was running at this time. This is the dolls were everywhere, the puzzles, the posters. This is a big time for Hulkamania and WWE. And I mean, the crowd for the match is just, you know, ridiculous. Bonkers. Yeah, and we'll get to that. Like I said, sold, sold out 20,000, something or other here in my notes. 20,255. Yeah. They're, they're in there like, uh, you know, they're packed in there, my friend. Yeah, I don't know. Let's see. This is what I have uh, Madison Square Garden. December twenty eighth. Oh, I'm a month. I'm in eighty four still. We gotta get the that's the one. That's the one with Dick Clark. That one was that one was packed to the gills. Big one too. Sure. That had twenty twenty six thousand. That's definitely a full felt forum. That that's felt forum. Yeah. All right. By this time they stopped doing that for the house shows at least. All right. Let me get let me get this up here. December of eighty five. All right. Here we are. All right, I maybe said the 28th. That's my bad. It's the 30th. December 30th, 1985. 20,225. It's a sellout. You slipped Tele- that one by me. I didn't notice. Televised on the... <laughs> I think I said the 28th in my head. I don't know why I had 28th in my head. But it was the 30th. Televised on the MSG Network. Uh, and Gorilla Monsoon and Lord Alfred Hayes are on the commentary. Um, so a great crowd. A lot of buzz. It's Christmas time. Uh, and we're going to go through the show. We'll do that first, and then we'll we'll actually skip over the match because it's a it's a mid card main event today. Uh, we'll finish out the card, and then we'll come back and we'll go through the match blow by blow, like we always do. Like we always do. First match up, uh, it aired on Primetime Wrestling uh, in January of '86, which is kind of cool to see where the, what they did with these matches, where they ended up. This one on the one fourteen eighty six episode of Primetime. Uh, S.D. Jones pinned Ron Shaw with an inside cradle at 18.36. I got to tell you right now, it was way, way, way too long. Too long, but the, oh you know, my it's, God. the people are still packing in, getting their hot pretzels outside. Dad's getting his beer. So that that was what happened back then. It wasn't like now we have the hot opener to get everything going. Right. It was a little gradual build. I thought S.D. Uh, had a little extra pep in the step this night. He had his LJN uh, tights look on. And uh, like I always said, I got a soft spot for uh, good old SD. Was he from Philadelphia or Antigua on this night? He, he's Antigua by this time. Okay. 
<laughs> in the West Indies. Next up, also aired on the 114. And you know, one, one yeah. thing, Steve, I want sure. to throw in about that match. Um, Alfred mentioned, uh, remember we talked about it on one of our past episodes, Ron Shaw. He's like, Ron Shaw with a couple of a big, especially one big victory lately. That was the phantom submission of David San Martino at the Spectrum a month prior. That amazes me how, how that happened for some reason. Yeah, he just said, had enough. <laughs> yes. I'm out of here, man. Yep. One fourteen eighty six prime time. This match airs as well. Jim Neidhart fought B. Brian Blair to a 15-minute time limit draw. Captain Lou Albano was introduced prior to the bout as Blair's advisor slash manager. Do you remember? Did we see any more? What? In the hell was that? Did that like was that a one off? They just wanted Lou it, on the show, or it wasn't even a one off. It was a half off because he doesn't even come out with Brunzel later in the card. <laughs> you know why? Right, he he's just, just comes out with he's Blair. Just advising Blair. <laughs> I mean, I I was thinking to myself, did they not put Lou with the Bulldog yet? Maybe they were going to do the bees, but that's not so. I looked in some results, and uh, he he was already appearing on TV with the Bulldogs. Um, I mean, why not just, obviously Captain Lou's on the cartoon. He's rock and wrestling, still going strong. Why not bring him out, wave to the crowd and commentate the match with Gorilla and Lord? Uh, probably Gorilla didn't want to deal with him. (laughs) Yeah, probably, probably with that booze breath, my friend. That's exactly probably what happened. Yeah. You nailed it. All right. This one airs on all American wrestling. I like this little, where did they, where were the matches? All American, the one twelve eighty six episode, if you want to watch it. If you can find that. Hercules with classy Freddie Blassie defeated Jose Luis Rivera via submission with a backbreaker at 951. I thought it was interesting just to see the evolution of the Hercules character. You know, and this is at the very beginning of it where he's very much a character, not just a guy named Hercules. You know, he's got the outfit and the noises. And it was interesting to see that way and see him with... I hadn't remembered that he started with Blassie. I hadn't remembered that. Yeah. yeah. He's another one all decked out in his LJN attire. That's the way the LJN was made in the Roman getup. And, uh, you know, Herc in there with an, another good old favorite, Jose Luis Rivera. You know, Madison Square Garden yep. and Jose Luis go hand in hand for our whole run here. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, putting uh, putting Herc over, you know, it's a new new monster heel. For the Hulkster to deal with down the line, Herc loved changing managers. He changed sure managers he like I al- change beers. And almost all of them. Um, yeah, from pretty our, much. From our era. Uh, he's only missing Jimmy Hart. Yep. Like Fuji, I guess. One twenty eighty six primetime wrestling. Airs this one. Adrian Adonis pinned Lipa Lanny Pafo with a bulldog at 902. All right. A few things I want to say about this match. First of all, I love Lipa Lanny. He's a good, good, solid hand. You know, I know he never was a superstar. He talks great about Hulk. Still to this day, about how Hulk gave him four months of main events. The only four months he was ever on the main event. And I, someday on this show, I want to cover the Saturday Night's main event match with him. Uh, that aired for sure. Because I love, I love Lanny. Uh, I think he, we're going we're gonna to get to all the Hulk Saturday Night's Yeah, oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, but I definitely want to do that one soon. Um, I, his poem is hilarious. He takes a shot at at the new look, at the new look of uh, yeah. the adorable one. You know, and I was I was thinking to myself, like he's like in the middle. I'm I'm searching for the word when you're the interim. He's in the interim of regular Adrian Donis to adorable because he comes out with the scars and stuff, but he's got the black tights. And I said, there's something else missing here. I know he still once in a while wore the black tights when he was adorable, but um, 
he didn't have the leg warmers on. He had the regular boots. So it took, it took me quite a while. I said, what the hell is missing here? It was uh, the leg warmers. Yeah. The adorable one. Adorable what a great one. match. That was a great match. Great match. Super underrated. Man, could he bump Adonis. Just a fantastic big guy who just made him look like a million bucks times 20. I mean, just amazing action. Um, Really good. I really like this. It's kind of just like a hidden I, gem. I think Adrian would be in in the top five in anybody's argument of underrated wrestlers from our, our era. Hell yeah. He's he's forgotten kind of. Because he died instead of coming back and having a run. Instead of coming back. Yeah. Or, you know, probably would have showed up in WCW sure. and you know, here in WWF a little bit. He would have been, you know, he was 34 years old when he passed away. And, uh, God, uh, the, the, there's a rumor that Hogan just posted, you know, uh, pictures of him and him and Adrian. So he was putting them over yeah, I seen that. on an Instagram post. But a lot of people say that Hogan and Brian Nobbs, uh, friendship came from Nobbs reminding Hogan so much of Adrian Adonis. Interesting. His, not in the ring, but uh, his, right. you know, his, his style. Sure. Uh, all right. We're going to, the next match is Savage and Hulk. We're going to skip that for now. Right before the intermission, in case anybody's wondering why that match is there, newer fans, that's the way it went, especially that they're coming back next month. Right. You so, could not have this go on last. And they would give not tickets. They would sell tickets at the end of the night for the next show. People, I, I was there sometimes. People would, would run to that box office. I mean, sprint. Yep. Uh, Big John Stud pins Tony Atlas with an elbow drop. Oh, if you get the TV version of this, there was a couple promos here. Um Gorilla interviewed Big John Studd, who said he's the true giant of the WWF, which he shouldn't have been saying shit like that. He got his hair stepped on for that. <laughs> um, and, he had balls. Yeah. And then uh, also, jumping Jim Brunzel uh, did an with interview. His, with his lucky beard. It was so much talk about this guy having a beard. Paul said he was handsome. <laughs> Paul was handsome guy. Handsome. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should we should maybe tweet Jumpin' Jim with that. Oh, he might, he might and like that. Paula also thought that Lanny was Rick Rude. Okay, she was getting I, all I, pissed off at me because I said it's Leaping Lanny. She's like, no, it's Rick Rude. And then when he started doing his poem, she's like, oh, it's Lanny. Got that eighties mustache there. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, Lanny. They're making. I mean, not Lanny. I'm part of me. Uh, Brunzel. They're making such a big deal over this beard. Nowadays, with all the hipsters running around on every other corner, you know what I mean? Sure. Someone having a beard wouldn't even be brought up in a, in a conversation. Yeah. They were obsessed with this beard. Big news. Uh, yeah, like, what the hell? It's like when you're at school and a teacher gets a haircut or something. Everyone yeah, that's that. true. Sure. All right, Big John Studd <laughs> pinned Tony Atlas with an elbow drop at 12.15 after avoiding a cross-body attempt. The one thing that you got to keep in mind about Tony Atlas is his, his career is just too much too soon. And this match stinks. It is not anybody good. Got a, anybody got a telephone? It is a slog. Oh, this is not not good. And no, Ellis did not slam him, so he did not make the 15,000. Yeah, I love the, the big wrestlers, but sometimes two big guys don't go good together. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you need somebody a little more. Like, I, I always like, I, like some people that say, Oh, we need to see young wrestlers. Oh, we need to see guys that can wrestle. I disagree with all that. I just like mixing it up different. I would like to see like Big John Studd against Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. See what happens there. You know what I mean? And then when like WCW, when Hogan was fighting Savage, fighting Piper, fighting Flair, the old guys were fighting each other. I don't want the old guys to disappear. But how about Hogan against Jericho and Piper against Benoit? Like, let's mix it up a little bit. So there I would agree with not get rid of the old. Mix it up. 
So I think that's a problem here, not mixing enough. Too uh, similar. All right, if you watch the uh, January 20th primetime, you were excited to find the Haiti kid pinning Butch Cassidy at 10.32 with a reverse roll-up. Also featured as part of Best of the WWF Volume 6. That also has the Hulk Macho Man match on it. Yeah. On the cover. You know what I found really weird about this? Think about this. You're going to say, wow, I can't believe this when I tell you this. Very, very, very slim to none one-on-one midget matches that this is. They're usually all tags. Right. Right? A whole group of them so they can do that rowboat spot. Yeah. that I think this may be the only time I've seen a one-on-one midget match. But I like the Haiti Kid. I like midget matches. Love him. And Haiti Kid is still living. God bless him. God bless his heart. And I was supposed to meet him at the last, right, 2020 of April, right at the beginning of COVID. We're having a big Damn AIDS you, convention. COVID. Gonna be, and I was also going to meet Zeus. And now look. Ah. Never got to meet Zeus. Damn it, COVID. Yeah, fucking shit. All right, an interesting ta- uh, singles match from Tag Guys. No, we don't have Captain Lou. And this will air on June 30th of 86. They held this one for a while, but eventually got it on prime time. And Jim Brunzel pinned Bret Hart, kind of a surprise to me, at yeah. 13.55 with a backslide. And after the bout, Hart attacked Brunzel and threw him to the floor. It probably shouldn't have surprised me, but I'm looking at it through 2021 eyes, you know, where it's a huge upset now, but probably wasn't then. Nothing. Actually, then not an upset at all. In hindsight, it's a big upset. But uh, Brunzel was coming off of the, you know, with the high flyers with Greg Gagne and AWA. You know, he had a, you know, Brett had a stampede stuff, of course, but I think Brunzel was a little more higher, higher profile in the business at the time. And uh, why they did just, I guess, because they had an A, B, and C crew out the WWF this night. It's why they, they break yeah, up. Yeah, there's the no Tito matches. here, right? So Tito's yeah. somewhere. Steamboat. That's why they mix them up to have an extra match. So you got Blair and Nightheart with Albano somehow. And then uh, uh, Brett and uh, Mr. Beard jumping Jim Brunzel. Last match of the night, also aired on that 120-86 primetime. The tag team champions, Brutus Beefcake and Greg Valentine with Johnny V. No nightmare tonight. No nightmare. Uh, it's a dream come true as they defeat <laughs> Uncle Elmer and Hillbilly Jim at 429 when Beefcake pinned Elmer after Valentine came off the top rope with a double axe handle as Elmer had Beefcake caught in a bear hug. My beefcake falling on top for the win, and that's on WWF's greatest matches. Uh, that tape, check that out. But yeah, just uh, too too small to really turn you off in any way. Just kind of a fun. It's fun to see these guys. Yeah, they're running into cur- they're running into curfew. Yeah, curfew anyway. So yep. this kind of match, like I said, different. This is yep. different. Yeah. It's not a match you'd expect to see. This is on one of the Coliseum videos too. I can't remember. Yeah, WWF's greatest matches. There you go. And um, <laughs> we watched this on the twenty four seven feed, and of course, no, don't go messing with a country boy. That's one of the cases where the song is as important as the character. Hell yeah! When you don't hear when you don't hear that, it takes the whole oomph away from Hillbilly, and uh, it, it did not. You, know, they, you get like, you get excited. Like we grew up in that era when you hear "Don't Go Mess with Country Boy," and here comes Hillbilly. And uh, so without that, it's 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 a whole lot of not much. Elmer is he's funny to me in the ring. It looks it looks like like you wrestling around with your friends, kind of the way he falls down and stuff. The poor guy was uh, up there in age at this time. Uh, he was selling fake Rolexes to the guys and everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, par- apparently uh, 
Andre, uh, another one Andre took a uh, heavy disdain to. <laughs> but uh, a lot of popular guys, though, to cr- close out the show. All right, let's do it. It's the big one, the one we're here for, Savage and Hogan. Now, Dave, is you would know, is this the first time they wrestle in the WWF? No, sir. Uh, they wrestled for the first time in, I believe, Philadelphia in okay. September, and it was televised as well. Okay. Is this the second time? No. no. I, I, he was, so they he were was on in, and off in the house shows in this area? Yeah, this but era. this is the second televised. Okay. Regional, regionally televised. Second one, regionally televised. Savage and Hogan. Again, we always thank Justin uh, Rosero from the Place to Be Nation flagship. He provides me the blow-by-blow notes here so I don't have to retranscribe them myself. I always appreciate that. Make sure you check out their show. And I'm going to be on the May 31st edition of the show. So coming up. Not to say not to saying it because I do a podcast with you and my friend, but I've loved Justin and Scott's show for years, and that's how I discovered you. Yeah, but w- I loved your show anyway. But when you're on it, you guys mix very well. Yeah, I think and I'm I, one of I the like better. Even more. I don't mean to tip my home, but I do think I'm one of the better. No, you're very good. You're yeah. very good on there. Peter Winston as well, of course. I love mixing it up with Scott, and it's just it's always fun. I'm going to be on the uh, May 31st. Check for it then. What's what? What are you guys covering? Um, it's the uh, last, medicine. I believe it's the last MSG, second last MSG house show that aired on TV. Big Battle Royal. Okay. Yeah, the last, because the last one is, uh, what's his name is doing that one? Kelly, the kid from uh, okay. Calgary. Kelly, I know yeah. that. He, sure. he did them all for a while. He was doing all the MSGs, and then he dropped out, so it makes sense for him to do the last one, but I'm doing the second last one. So. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you some info when it aired on MSG and all, like last time. Awesome. <laughs> All right, it's a big spot for Savage. He gets his demanded title match with Hulk after quickly shooting up the ladder and being established as a top star. We said he came in in what, June? June. Yep, and a a quality opponent for Hogan too, but Risk is Savage is someone that can show him up. Uh, Savage is absolutely a superstar, no doubt about it, and it's evident in his entrance. Hogan now is using Real American and is decked out in red and yellow as he comes out to a huge pop as always. Yeah, you know what it looked like? That the 16-inch Hogan LJN, they only made him in Piper like that. You know what I'm talking yep. about? The real mm-hmm. tall one. Yep. That's what he looks like coming out. It's like he looks like the action figure. Like it reminds me of Toy Story or something. Like, wow. Yeah. And the first time Real American in the garden. Actually, it's not. Rotendo came out to it a few months earlier. But sure. We can kind of, first time we can for kind of sweep, sweep that under the rug a little bit. Right. He's decked in red and yellow. He comes out to a major pop. Uh, some good stalling early as Sav- Savage taunts Hogan with posing and playing to the crowd. Hogan shows off his power right away, chucking Savage off a tie-up and blowing a kiss to Liz to a huge roar. Uh, Hogan yeah. uses his power further as Savage is starting to realize just how good Hulk is. Savage bails and Hulk follows, but Randy dodges him and then chucks a chair in the ring, uh, which Al calls a stupid move. Savage him back inside, and Hulk grabs the arm, but Macho goes right to the eyes and gets to work. Hogan dodges a leap, and Savage crashes into the ropes, allowing Hulk to hammer away and bury the challenger with a clothesline. Hulk hits his atomic drop that sends Savage to the floor, where he uses Liz as a shield from Hogan. Savage heads back and catches Hulk in the gut and then tries a high cross body, but Hogan catches him and drops him with a backbreaker, again sending him outside where he again uses Liz as a shield. Ho- Savage is able to distract Hogan and clobber him with a clubbing blow to the back of the head. Savage pitches the champ outside and cracks him with a double axe from the top rope. Back inside, Savage is working Hogan over with quick strikes, but Hogan keeps shaking them off 
and then hulks up and fires away with right hands and a clothesline. Hogan levels Savage with a big boot, sends him back to the floor. Liz stepped in front of her man, but Hulk picks her up, moves her out of the way, pitches Savage back inside. Savage caught Hogan with a desperation boot when Hulk dropped his head and followed that up with the big elbow for a really close two. Hogan popped up and went for a clothesline, but Savage ducked, and the referee is a bag of bones. He's out. He's down. Uh, Savage knocked Hogan to the floor and grabbed the belt and then leaped off the top rope, to which Paula said, good thing he didn't hit him in the throat, um, and cl- mm. clobbered Hogan with it in the back Very of the head. Very good eye, Paula. Yep. Savage drags the ref to his feet and helps him count Hogan out on the floor, giving Savage the win. Savage goes outside, grabs the belt, which Gorilla calls him out, and Al says Macho lost his cool. Savage puts the belt on and walks around the ring as Fink makes the announcement and reminds everyone, hey, man, you can't win that way. You can't do that. Hulk's still the champ. Crowd pops big as Fink made the announcement, but they knew, just a formality. And Savage then <laughs> levels the ref and carries Liz in the literally carries Liz and the belt down the aisle. Um, Hulk is bleeding. He chases him down, drags him back to the ring where he pummels him, takes the belt back. Crowd goes wild. Savage escapes and Hogan poses to close things out. Um, look, it's a huge fun brawl. That's obviously the start, you know, it, there's no ending here. It's the start of the story. And you can kind of tell that I really enjoyed it. It's super fun. You know, if you, if you watch any other match on this card, really, and then you watch this and you just compare anything about professional wrestling, you know, which ones have the masters. You know what I mean? Like, maybe you could say the bumping of Adonis is better than the bumping of either of these guys. Almost every other area, these guys just, they're the stars of the night. It's an incredible, incredible match um, to start things. You know, it's it's very much a start. Um, and uh, look at, I think they both learned something about each other in this match. And it's the start of something great that's going to go on for years. And I can't wait for the next one, but it is just a start without a clear ending. So I'm going to give it three and a half stars uh, relative to Hogan matches and maybe even more specifically relative to Hogan Savage matches. So I kind of got a lot of those to draw on. Um, And it's about, it's about three and a half. It's good, not great. And it is very much, you know, a book that ends. It's almost like, you know, you, when you go to a movie and they say to be continued, it kind of felt like, it had that element to it. So I'll give it three and a star, three and a half stars. I loved it. Uh, can't wait on this show to do the other two. Um, and maybe we'll, maybe we'll do like six shows and then do the next one and do six shows and do the third one, something like that. But we'll get to them kind of sooner than later. So we can kind of keep them in the same general area of the show. But what do you think, Dave? We, we take our time here. No hot shotting like no. 2021. Mm-mm. Uh, I thought that's why when I forgot to mention that this was when Hulk was coming down down the aisle. This is the first uh, MSG appearance of what they call the '86 Championship Belt, right? The one that went on to fight with uh, you know, Andre at WrestleMania Maybe three. My that's favorite. my favorite. It is my favorite. Winged Eagle close second, and I also like the Intercontinental of this era. Oh, uh, uh, that Intercontinental is my number yeah. one number one belt, yeah. but of championship belts, I think I like this one the most. This the Intercontinental is like the cousin of this one. Sure. Like they they came at the same time. Uh, yeah, in the match, um, I love, I love how the Hogan, you know, Hogan wouldn't just like, if this was like Diesel when he was a champion or even the great Bret Hart, they wouldn't do anything with Elizabeth, but Hogan knows he has so much charisma to blow her kisses that the crowd will eat that up. 
Nobody, you know, they haven't started them doing a shit with Steel yet. But, you know, the crowd's going to go nuts because they love Elizabeth and they hate Macho Man. So that's perfect psychology with the crowd for Hulk to be doing that. He does more of that next month. May have done more of that down the line, too, but who knows? But I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah, I love uh, how Hulk caught him with the flying body press off the top. I mean, Hulk's a power wrestler, but you don't, he didn't really, like, use it as, like, a Tony Atlas would with the press slams and the power moves and stuff like that. So it's a, a real big display of power. Whole, he adapted on, uh, well to the style of Macho Man here. You know, Hulk really yeah, shows yeah. off his versatility in some of these MSGs going month to month. You know, one month he's with Kamala or Bundy or whatever. And next month he's with Savage. And he adapts to both styles pretty well. Yeah, then you got like a Morocco, you know, funk, sure. different the house shows. Uh, yeah, they, we, do the, we do the count out for the return. I just didn't like, I'm not saying I didn't like it because I know why they did it. But it almost kind of reminds me of the Lex Luger, Yokozuna. SummerSlam 93, after sure. the guy goes around with a bus all summer, they spend all this money. I'm on the Intrepid watching the body slam Yokozuna. Gets the count out and is not pissed. He's celebrating. But uh, it's for the pop for the crowd, for the Howard Finkel to go, you're, you know, the title doesn't change hands. And the crowd goes crazy. Yeah, it is that's Christmas. Why they, that's why you know, it, it is Christmas. Yeah. And that's why they did yep. it. Pe- people weren't the way they are now. So no one's going to be like, oh, Macho Man's an idiot. By the time 93 came with Luger, people had changed. Like, this, he really did look like an idiot. And yeah, you're a totally, fool, Luger. Yeah. Totally killed his push. I don't know why they did that to, to Lex. But, um, yeah, uh, it's what, you know, usually a count out, the guy jumps in the last second, you know, and, and then they get to win that way. But you can look at also in a kayfabe uh, way that, hey, maybe Savage knew he wasn't beating that guy, this guy. He can't do it right now, not tonight. But if I get the count out victory... I'm going to get a rematch, no doubt about it, next month. So you could be thinking it that way and just putting on the belt sure. for, shits and, gi- like for shits and giggles. Playing games so with a couple, Hulk. Yeah, a couple ways to look at it. Because a lot of times, you know, you're in a hockey game, you're in something like, I ain't doing good tonight. This, this is not happening. I'm, I'm in the gym. I'm lifting weights. Hey, I can't do it tonight. You know what I mean? So it could be we could look at it that way. So he just wanted a cheap win to get that rematch. Because if he got pinned, he may not see a rematch. I'm sounding like Gorilla Monsoon's grandson or something right here. <laughs> but yeah. um yeah I, i'm gonna give this uh four stars i love that when I, I have forgotten when uh macho's carrying elizabeth back uh I, I thought you saw a nice cleavage shot but you saw it i think that was in saturday's main event when he does that when he's uh taking on george we used to pause that a lot that was on that one no not much of a cleavage <laughs> shot here for for the petite liz but um uh, hulk chases him down i thought that was in the second match at and least that, she's that in the arms me. of someone who cares for her. Is that where the cleavage shot is? Uh, I think it was in the first one, oh, okay. uh, where the, the very first one in the uh, at the Sun Dome one that I mentioned before, uh, the uh, water slide Saturday night's main event. Gotcha. But yeah, when Hulk drags him back in, like it popped me now in 2021 because I almost forgot about it, and it's like, wow, this is this is action and that crowd, the December, you know. WrestleMania 2 being sort of weird, kind of a flop, kind of hurts this era. People, in hindsight, don't realize how big the WWF really was. I may have been, it's definitely just as big as the WrestleMania 3 time. Maybe even a little more popular. I mean, a little, 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 little. But it was, the WrestleMania 2 hurts it in hindsight. But this was... WWF was on fire here in, in December 1985. And people... Shoot got- People let the bad parts of two spoil the good parts. You know, like if you can get past the first match in Chicago, you get a great wrestling card the rest of the way. And, and yeah, and, and the success and how great WrestleMania 3 is hurts it as well. True. 
But uh, yeah, four this, stars here. This match also appears on Savages. Um, first, the Macho Madness, the Ultimate Randy Savage collection. Oh, the DVD. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, man. The one that's is, uh... just matches, like the one that come, came out before his Blu-ray with the with the documentary. They put out that. one that's was... just matches. I, it was kind of like a callback to the old Coliseum video days. You know, yep. was it like 10, 10, 10, 15 years ago? Hey, Macho Man DVD's coming out. Hey, Ultimate Warrior DVD's coming out. And, you know, me and my friends would, would get excited to go to the mall and get the uh, new wrestling DVD as young adults. I love it, like too. The, I, lo- yeah, so I now, love those DVDs. Now it's like we get excited when they add Wrestling Challenge to Peacock. <laughs> That's all we got. Sure. <laughs> but, all right. I'm happy. There you go. Fluffy Duffs, my friend. Yeah, there it is. All right. Um, Let's take a break. We'll come back. We got some plugs. We got some emails. We'll have Paula. She wants to tell us another card. Um, Paula Mania. Yep. She wants to give a card out tonight. Three matches. We'll have that, and then we'll also let you know what we're going to do next time. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back to finish up episode 12 of the 24-inch podcast. Four inch podcast back for the last segment tonight. It's been episode twelve. We just covered Randy Macho Man Savage on the ten year anniversary. Thinking of you, Macho Man. All right, the Sportscasters podcast. We mentioned it earlier. Uh, my article on si.com/media. If you go to si.com/media, you should be able to find it there. Um, you can find the article we talked about. Also, a new episode of the Sportscasters. We post in early next week. Big stuff there. Uh, www.soundcloud.com uh, slash sports dash casters at sports underscore casters on Twitter. Uh, also, this podcast you can find there as well. Uh, all pod catchers, if you type in the sports dash casters, this podcast lives on that feed as well. But we'll always link to it, uh, make it easy to find on our social media. On Twitter, we're the number two, the number four inch podcast at two four inch podcast on instagram where 24 underscore inch underscore podcast uh dave does that find him there and also you can find us on facebook by searching 24 inch podcast we got a public group there that you can join uh it's a lot of fun we talk about hulk there we talk about wrestling there post random links there i I posted a random hockey check and we got good interaction about it so whatever come join sammy us. hagar imposter yes yeah, that's so funny do you uh, think that was dana carvey it really looked like him i don't know who it was was this really funny? no i don't it's weird really funny uh you can find us there don't forget to check out the um greetings from allentown podcast 
at GF Allentown Pod on Twitter. Uh, Peter does his solo show and then also Greetings from Allentown Live. They had a three-hour Goodfellas breakdown, which is a lot of fun. Paul, what are we talking about here? You're screwing me up. You're in my head here, girl. Come on, you come on to sabotage us. No. Paul is turning heel on Dad, right as we. That'd be a, that'd be a good heel turn, uns, unsuspected. Yeah, right as we right as we speak, she's she's tanking my plug section here, put me into put me into confusion. That guy wanted a Jesse on our show. We might get it right here. Yeah. The last Ian, person you would Ian think. Ian Ross. Yeah, she's gonna Ian th- Ross. throw me right through the barbershop window here in a second. Good old IR, Ian yeah. Ross. Boot, boot to the, boot to the teeth, and then right through the window of the barbershop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Dave. You said you got a few texts. What do you got? We got a couple texts in here. We got the notorious one, Chester Dzankowicz. Uh How you doing, Chet? Good friend of mine. He wants to know why didn't the feud, obviously meaning uh, Macho and Hulk, continue to a possible match at WrestleMania two? Or, or was just this testings of the waters with Savage's heat? I know why. Uh, yeah, you want to go first? They, well, because they put the Intercontinental title on him. You know, and that I, is correct. And this is an era where we had a we very much for a lot of the time had a um, face at the top of the championship and a heel at the top of the IC. And I think what it did for them really well, and I think that they discovered it through this feud. That Savage was such a star that he'd be able to take a tour out, you know, to be that the main event of a Macho Man Intercontinental title defense is enough to draw a house. Um, So I think that's why they didn't do it here. I think that he was perfect for the B shows. Um, And once in a while, of course, they do a show where they're both on it. But I think they just split the split the card up really well, split the locker room up really well. And uh, I think he was a logical choice for the IC title. And um, I think that's why that would be my answer, Chet. What do you think, Dave? Yeah, Chet. Um, obviously, what Steve said, but before they put this, decided to put the IC title on Macho Man when they were testing the waters, like you said for WrestleMania two, it was supposedly either going to be Bundy or Savage. I remember Bundy said, Bundy in that said, ah, I'm a much better match, <laughs> much better match than Savage. They're taking shits in the morning bigger than Savage, all that kind of stuff. And um, in hindsight, I'm happy it wasn't Savage because it would have been blowing a big blowing the load, so to speak, uh, too fast, especially at a show like WrestleMania 2. I think uh, Bundy was uh, a perfect fit for that. And um, why is Hulk working with Macho Man here? Hey, Macho Man is the heel of the month. He went on to bigger and better things, but he was uh, that's what they were doing at the Garden at this time. He, he was the hot heel of the month, but he kept on going and became, uh, you know, right neck and neck with Hulk as uh, the big stars of the, of the WWF. Thanks for the question. All right, what else you got? What else do I got? Okay, Mr. Tim Mangione, the man that I like to say with the sins of the world on his kisser. I had a gift for uh, him. I had a gift for him the other day. I heard that, and yeah. he was very, very happy about that. He he told me that, that Steve Bennett, that Mr. Sports Illustrated, is such a great guy, and yeah. he keeps watching it over and over and over again. Uh, the Howard Stern stuff you sent to him, yeah. so he, he thanks you very, very much. He's, he's very a big, he's a big fan of the uh, OJ case. And I, I just I, was, I listen to Howard Stern every day, but I don't listen to new stuff. It's all catalog, sort of like I do for wrestling. And I just stumbled upon something from 95 where it was the day after the Furman tapes were kind of introduced. Oof. And it was a Oof. good 45-minute rant about everything going on with the case, and I sent it to, uh, to Tim. I thought he'd enjoy that. 
So yeah, he, he runs uh, the OJ Simpson murder case. I don't know the hashtags and shit to promote it, but look up OJ Simpson murder it. case on Instagram and uh, I'll find it while you read the question. Go ahead. Okay, right. uh, the first he has two questions. He's ribbing me in the first question, but I'll tell you why. He goes, "How did the WCW find out Bischoff was secretly in NWO?" He goes after that. That's his way of laughing at me. Uh, well, the answer is uh, Piper figured it out in the ring. That's all I'm going to give. But me and Tim, we started our friendship out by becoming concert buddies, traveling far distances for concerts that nobody else that nobody else wanted to go to. So at first he would ask me this question and I would answer it. Then he'd ask me, you know, a month later, a second time, two weeks later, a third time. Then finally we'd become so close to friends. I go, what the hell? How many times are you asking me the same question? Because he would just drill me with wrestling questions. So it's become like an ongoing rip. Uh, but his real question is, um, <laughs> yeah, he's good at that. This is a good question here. Why didn't Hogan and Jericho ever do a program besides a, a few, the SmackDown match and a few house shows? Uh, that's a really good question. They did a, uh, it was Hogan's 2002 run, that big return. He was so over and everything. Um, the answer, and they worked really well together, too, and they get along really well in real life. Uh, but my answer is that Hogan didn't last long for that run. He was there in February. Yeah, when they were together and, in, in East in WCW, don't tell me if I'm wrong, but Jericho was more cons- considered a cruiserweight. Yes, yes, that's what I was kind of getting at before. Yeah. I kind of hit that. Hit that. I wish they would have mixed it up a little bit. That's what the you know the Smarks complain. They just want all the cruiserweights. But I say you know maybe not have a 45 year old Hogan against Piper every pay per view. Mix it up a little bit. Have Hogan against Jericho. Have like they did here, and it worked. But uh, Hogan was, you know, he was winding down here. And I guess to keep up with, at Hogan's, you know, 49 years old, it's hard to keep up with, you know, Chris Jericho for, for a long period of time uh, for Hulk. That's not knocking him in any way. It's just uh, the process of aging. And uh, they had some great matches. I think they had some sold-out house shows. But uh, then Hulk left for about six months, came back, with the had the feud with McMahon and Mr. America. I guess it just wasn't enough time. That, that, that's it. Beautiful. You know better than me. Same. Okay. Uh, OJ underscore Simpson underscore murder underscore trial underscore page. Check it out, man. And it's not just like, oh, I love OJ Simpson, you know, page. It's about that whole, you know, a lot of people grew up. It's an unfortunate incident that happened, of course. But, you know, it's it's history. And a lot of, you know, a lot of people remember that and might want to take a look at uh, Tim's page. Like, for example, he went to the McDonald's. That Cato, Caleb, and OJ went to before the murders and took a picture of it. Posted. Yeah, at first I was saying you're a weirdo. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, hey, we all we all different. He's not. He's, he's saying it's very unfortunate that these people were murdered. But, I remember I mean, people follow ser- serial killers and stuff like that. I was a, went to a performing arts school in Buffalo, in the city, diverse school, and I remember watching the verdict being read in the radio and TV room. I was a radio and TV major. Not a dance major. I always tell people. And they're like, oh, you went to performing arts? He's like, yeah, what'd you do? I was like, oh, it's dance. And you just mm. see their face just turn white, you know? And I'm like, nah. I'm going to get the scoop on that, brother. <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was in radio TV. <laughs> but anyway, we were in the radio and TV room where we had a TV. We had it on. And I think it felt like a third of the school was in our room. And uh, I just remember half the, the school going crazy when the verdict was read. And the other half of the school just... Looking around, saying, "What the hell is going on right now?" Yeah, I remember it clearly. I remember the moment clearly. Um, all right, we have one more from our twenty-four inch podcast group page from the great Calvin Crowell, one of the good friends of the program, a great, great mensch of a man 
recovering from back surgery out in New Jersey. I'm proud of him. He's doing what he has to do. He's taking his medicine like a good guy. I'm proud of Take him. Take your medicine, Bubba. Better. Yeah, he's getting better. All right. He'd love to hear you guys discuss a Rushmore of WWF rivalries. And he says his Rushmore is Hogan Savage, uh, Austin McMahon. I tried to turn Paul's mic down. I turned mine down. Austin Rock and Hogan Heenan. Um, he says you can go with Impact or Personal Fave. He went with Impact. So did you think about this at all? I know we've both seen it ahead of time. Did you give it any thought? I did. Yeah. I'm going to give a mix of Personal Fave and Personal Fave and Impact. Uh, I'm not going to touch on stuff that I wasn't watching. So I'm not going to leave Larry and Bruno out of it. Sure. I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave even Flair and Dusty out of it. I didn't start watching NWA, WCW until the early '90s, so yeah, I know of it in hindsight. But I didn't live it. Wasn't there? Gonna leave it out of it. So I'm not. Well, and he actually says WWE, so you don't need to do that one. Oh, I got. I got. Well, one I got that's kind of WCW, but it, it plays into WWE. Okay. So yeah, I think everybody will enjoy this. Number one is obviously. For me, Hogan and Andre, I don't think there's, the rivalry is still discussed. Anytime you think of wrestling, you see that bot. The first thing, even WWE today, when it, the bumper, when it comes on, the first thing you see is Hogan body slamming Andre. I think that's that's the rivalry, even though there's so many Hulk ones. There's a few more in my <laughs> brush more, of course. But there's a lot I could choose from, but Hogan Andre off the bat. Uh, number two, Hogan Macho Man. Another one I, w- I was tied up with Hogan Piper, maybe. But Macho Man kind of still goes on today a little more. A lot of people like running a lot of crazy narratives and stuff. And just that on again, tag team, tag team in the ring, enemies in the ring, tag team in real life, enemies in real life. It's just such a real rivalry. Hogan Macho Man. Now, the third one, I'm going to jump ahead. This is kind of WCW-ish. I'm going to go NWO against WCW because that's the feud. Wrestling was dead, man. That's the feud that made everybody get back on their toes, wanting to know what's going around. People stopped me on the street saying, hey, Dave, what's going on in wrestling? Who's the third man? Well, who, now it's Hogan's a bad guy? What? Come on. That couldn't have happened. People you would never imagine that were making fun of wrestling three weeks b- before that. Everybody went on to become a wrestling fan, and that feud is what enhanced Vince McMahon to go on and do my fourth on the Mount Mar- Mushmore, Vince McMahon against Stone Cold Steve Austin. I'm all about the E in entertainment. I'm more sizzle than steak. I love all the shit Austin and Vince did together. It's so entertaining, so funny. It's money. Love everything. So Hogan Andre, Hogan Savage, NWO against WCW, and Austin against McMahon. I can't think of any John Cena feuds. I was trying to, but yeah, I, Triple H shot. It was that a feud. It's different now. It's starting then it became so different. But those are my four, man. How about you? What was the DVD? I almost picked that because there's a DVD uh, Cena versus someone, but I don't know. Uh, Hogan versus Hogan versus Andre Austin versus McMahon Hogan Savage. And then I don't have any WCW, but I did have Brett versus HBK. Um, Okay. Hey, Hey, that's, that's right up there. Yeah. Just another one that's still, still talked about still real life. Very personal, you know, the sunny days comment. Um, Personal. Yeah. Very personal. Sunny Days, The Screw Job, the DVD that came out, Brett versus Sean. I mean, they put up a DVD about it. Yeah, that you popped me saying that because I was thinking of these for some reason. That that one didn't didn't cross my mind. Yeah, so, so it should have. That's a four for me. All right.
With that said, Paula, beautiful Paula Bennett, you got some emails yourself over there? Yep. All right, what do you want to share with us tonight? Um, I can't get the picture of the... Okay, well, while you work on that, let me ask you this. Cause I can't even get it off. We got an email from Vince McMahon, Paula. Ooh. Vince McMahon emailed us. Well, and we're he not said in trouble. He listened to the last episode. And he really liked your card that you put together. And he's got an event coming up next week, and he needs another card from you. Three matches, but he did say nobody can wrestle twice because the wrestlers got mad last time that they were working too much. So what I need from you is three matches, a curtain jerker, a middle match, and a main event. Okay, three so matches. What do you got? Speak so right into that microphone. I have Hulk Hogan. In what match? Because remember, he can only wrestle once. With Macho Man. But what match is that going to be? The Curtain Jerker. Macho Man and Hogan are curtain jerking. Mm-hmm. All right. Interesting. Second match. The second match is my my second match. Okay. And the second one is. Yep. Andre Giant versus Bang Don Duh. Oh, Andre the Giant, like it. Big John Stud. Okay, some since that sounds like a Mount Rushmore rivalry. Yeah, so watch, far. watch Rivalries. your watch your hair, Big John. Might get stepped <laughs> on. And what's your main event? The main event. <gasps> Are the tag titles on the line? No. No. Joking. Okay, joking. It was Brad the Hitman versus Brad the Hitman versus. By himself? He's got to face them both by himself? Handicap match. What's the curtain? With the anvil? Yeah. Okay, so it's Brett and Anvil versus Demolition. Mm-hmm. And who's got the belts? Do the hearts have it or do Demolition have it? The hearts. And is Jimmy Hart, the colonel, in their corner? Yes. And is Fuji in Demolition's corner? Yes. Very devious. The devious one. Yeah, but... Boy, son. But remember, the Honky Tonk Man is devious, too. Okay. Both That is very true. <laughs> very true. All right, so let's recap, Very, Dave. very true. Let's recap. So the curtain jerker is Hogan versus Macho Man. Both guys not happy with their spot on the card. Uh, Vince better hide in his office. Well, it could uh, be a Saturday night's main event. Okay. That's good. Good point. Get him on when the crowd's biggest. Uh, mm-hmm. The second match is Andre the Giant versus Big John Stud, And then the main event, the tag titles are on the line. As the Hart Foundation are challenged by demolition with the devious one, Mr. Fuji. Good card, baby. I like it. You, now, Very good. Somebody help me really quick. Yeah, what do you need, baby? I need help getting that off. Oh, no. Is your phone was frozen? Yeah. Frozen in time. Had, uh, I hate when that happens. We had this uh, this one of my teachers in, in high school. He, um, he, he like wrote a song for some reason to play with like a band that played at our high school sometimes and it was called suspended in time and I, me and my friend used to always make fun of his dumb voice but suspended in time it really doesn't work because you don't know the guy but i just thought of that it one. reminds me almost like beavis and butthead guy that would, would, would yes with exactly the exactly like that guy. <laughs> all right what do you got for us baby okay the first what the first thing is yes yeah, speak into your microphone i mean the first thing is is mommy said when we do it, you might have to know the time. Who? Okay, mommy. My mom. Never heard of her. Tammy. What's her name? Tammy. <laughs> hmm. Okay. You're your wife. Oh, right, right. Oh, right. she's giving it to you, man. Yeah. Who's giving Not it to me? Not holding back. <laughs> she said, 
Okay. Talking in the mic. Okay, she had, she saw it. I saw she her first, and she said, we need some more character. So let's thank character should we do for that. Okay. For the second match. Okay. So what should we do for that? What we about Coco Beware? Perfect. With Frankie. Because we need some animals on the show. Yeah, what about need- an animal match? Yeah, perfect. Anyone who wants to be in the match just got to bring an animal. Yep. So we can have Jake with the snake. Yeah. Coco Beware. Maybe one of the bulldogs bring a bulldog down. What about what else, Dave? Yeah, maybe uh, Iron Sheik with his camel. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. He could bring a camel. Could be down there. That's a rare one. Nikolai Volkov had a bear on TNT once. Oh, he could bring a bear. Oh. Yeah, we, could, we could get all the... I mean, obviously, the, did you mention the Bulldogs and Matilda? Have, um, mm-hmm. Of course. We Dave, what are we doing next time? You want to tell the people? Next time, we have been kind of staying in line. Well, this, this week we didn't, but like the summer's coming up, so you're going to get... You're going to get two or three SummerSlams out of the 24th podcast in the months of July and August. Yeah, we'll be and doing SummerSlams the... soon. And don't worry, when the fall comes, we will do a Survivor Series. But we haven't done one yet. So we said, hey, let's mix this up a little bit and take a look at the very first Survivor Series from Richfield, Ohio. Survivor Series 1987. And the pay-per-view ones are fun because we grade every match. There'll be a lot of different wrestlers to talk about. So that one will be fun. All right, Paula's got one last email, and then we got to get out of here. What do you got, Nut? It's from Gregory and he said, Oh, from my nephew Gregory, who just had his fifth birthday. Or then, sixth birthday. Hi, Gregory. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then, then Willow's and then we're going to be done. Okay. He said, hit that lock button. He needs to like more like, like. Um, like, more like some, like, funniness to it. Yeah. So, what do you think we need we a comedy match. Yeah, we need, like, a comedy what match. What about the midgets? The midgets. What about the little guys and Bunny can smash them? No. <laughs> the two midgets. You just want to, but does Bunny get to smash them? No. No? Oh, I like when Bunny smashes them. But this All is All right, like, so what about Little Beaver versus Haiti Kid? Give what? What? This is the funniest thing. Okay. They're going to have grown-up partners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Who are Sounds their... like she's booking, booking WrestleMania 3. <laughs> Who are their grown-up partners? Andre and Big John Studd. Andre and Big John Studd? <laughs> well, I like hearing the joy in your voice. Does Paul, Big John Studd get to crush one of them? No. Ah. So I like that in WrestleMania 3 when Beaver gets that, or Bundy gets that no-good little Beaver, and he, he, they stuff him in a garbage bag after because Bundy crushes him. Right, he, he, Jesse, hit Bundy in the, he hit Bundy in the boiler. That's why. <laughs> Jesse says they got to put him in a garbage bag. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. All right, what else? You know, the, the, go, go ahead, Paul, Dave. No, you go ahead, Dave. Oh, there, there's a rumor like about the guys all in the back at WrestleMania three. Like they weren't they weren't paying attention to the monitors or anything. So they're all sitting around getting ready for matches, and they hear the crowd go, "Oh." And they go, what the hell just happened out there? They peeked their head out the curtain and it was Bundy <laughs> dropping elbow. Squashing the midget. <laughs> <laughs> All right, baby. What's your last thing from Willow to Pillow? My two-year-old niece. One-year-old niece. Google Gaga. Google Gaga? <laughs> Google Gaga. Was there ever any babies in wrestling? Yes, Ricky, Ricky Steamboat. Oh, yeah. Remember when the little dragon came and the horse? Oh, okay. Sorry. Wait. We're ruining our agenda here. What, baby? Talking to the mic. She said, when you do it, we need some more kind of like, like, uh, 
like movies. Oh, a movie. Like a movie. Like Hogan's like movie. Yeah. No Holds Barred. Yeah. Suburban Commando. Yeah, Body Slam starring yeah. Roddy Piper and Face Man. Yeah, we need like like some like big movies to the Transform podcast. Yeah, we're going to do a Hogan movie. Maybe we should do Suburban Commando or Mr. Nanny. Love it. I got a good movie. What movie? What are you pointing at? All I see is your head. Oh, you want to watch the Rowdy Piper WWE DVD? Mm. Okay. Yeah. That's what she's pointing at. And the Bret Hart one. Yeah, okay. So those are the movies I think. All right. Anything else from Dave to say here as we wrap up? I think that's about it. I had a really, really good time this week with uh, Mr. Sports Illustrated and Paula Mania. Anything from you, Paula? The answer is no. All right. Then I only have one thing left to say, and that is to please say your prayers, eat your vitamins, and tell your friends about the 24-inch podcast. Brother, brother, brother. Please.